Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. Hello and welcome. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How are you doing, Kyle? Good to be back again, <laughs> for those who don't know. <laughs> Another day in the China shop. Uh, we had some technical issues. This is our second go at the call today. Yeah, somebody bought a cheap mic and uh, it decided to throw a nice little click every half second throughout the <laughs> hour and a half recording we did. Oh, right. And, and we didn't catch it till afterwards. And you know, here we are. Uh, forgive us if, if our energy is really low. Uh, it's, it's unusual circumstances. It's all right. We like stocks enough to where it should be good. You know what? I do like stocks enough and I like talking about stocks enough and it's all I talk about these days. Trust me. I know. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> has being uh, very patient with me. My buddy at work is, uh, he calls me addicted because I sit there and talk to him and I have my phone sitting on my lap with my watch list pulled up so I can watch and see how, you know, my calls are doing. <laughs> oh, hang on. I got to dump this one. <laughs> you know what? It's the best game I've ever played. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Because the rewards are real. They're very real. They're very real. <laughs> so we've got a fantastic, intoxicating, spicy show for you today. Which should be even better because we've already practiced it once. That's right. That's right. We had a rehearsal call. <laughs> we have lots of market moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than Secretariat at the Breeders' Tent. <laughs> As always, we, we love it when you reach out to us. Uh, we love your comments on Twitter and Facebook. Or if you're old school, you can send an email to twobulls at financialineptitude.com. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade or tell us about a terrible trade. Maybe you followed our pickums from last week. <laughs> oh, Lord, our pickums. want to scream at us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I'm excited to announce. You can scream at us on the telephone. We now have a new phone number for you to reach out and leave a message for us. Uh, get in touch. That number is 725-22-BULLS. That's right, 72522BULLS. Reach out, leave us a message, tell us how you're doing, and uh, dance like somebody's watching, because you might end up on the show. I feel like there's something missing after that bull. <laughs> it's like bullshit instead. <laughs> <laughs> 22 bullshits. Uh, all right, all right. Kyle, you know, we like to start off with uh, our running bet. Every week we end the show making a bet. We each pick a stock that we like for the next week, and then uh, we keep track of the results. And I realize you're, you're, you're probably pretty excited because of my stock, but why, why don't you tell us about your, your bet pick first? All right, I went with uh, Virgin Galactic after seeing all those options alerts. Um, opened up on Monday at 27.58, closed the week at 28.74. Oh, that's a uh, solid 4%. Yeah, but it feels lame after <laughs> successes for the last three weeks. So many big wins. You know, I did actually back that one up too, and uh, but unfortunately I didn't. I wasn't as quick with the trigger. I ended up buying it just under 
28, so I made even less on it in real life. Oh, damn. But it was still positive, so you can't be too upset. You know, if you take the differential from uh, from my pick, uh, I think your bet is doing just fine. That's right. I picked Jinko Solar, JKS. I did not do my due diligence. I didn't research at all. I looked at an earnings calendar, saw that they were on there, went, oh, fantastic. Uh, JKS has got some volatility. I'm going to bet they have good earnings. And uh, it's a gamble, but, you know, it, it could it could really pay off. But it did not. It opened Monday at 74.87. It closed Friday at 61.40. That's a whopping 18% loss. It actually bounced up just a little bit, too. <laughs> yes, it was lower at, <laughs> at one point. So so since we started the new month, we started with a fresh $500 for the uh, running total, which puts Kyle at uh, $521.03. And uh, because he generously extended the offer of a 15% stop loss, I'm down to $425. I feel like I'll be taking advantage of that at some point here. <laughs> Maybe today, because I remember your bet from the rehearsal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a good reason JKS went down. Uh, sadly, something I yep. w- wasn't aware of. And I feel bad because I think I remember seeing something about it, uh, browsing through my news feeds uh, the day before we did uh, last week's uh, recording, and uh, I completely spaced on it, forgot to mention it. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, that's that seems like a good lead, and uh, to go ahead and move on uh, here and get get going with the news. We have music for that, right? Well, it's all for the money. Tune to the show. Need a good story, so my margin grows. I want you listen to all our news. You might learn some things with the China Shop Market News. All right, yeah, so uh, the China Stock Congress uh, went ahead and passed some legislation saying that Chinese listings, well, actually all foreign listings, but it's mainly targeting the Chinese, they have to comply with our auditing standards. Uh, that means they have to open up their books and let uh, U.S. inspectors come through and make sure there's not like another Lucan uh, coffee situation going on. <laughs> uh, if you're not familiar with that one, that's the challenger to Starbucks from China that fabricated $300 million worth of sales <laughs> evaporated overnight. <laughs> If there's one thing totalitarian governments love, it's transparency. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of Chinese stocks took a bit of a beating on that. I think Neo took a little bit of a hit. Yep. Uh, JKS, for sure. Baba seemed like it was starting to recover. Uh, the silver lining of this whole thing, though, is uh, they, they have three years to, to comply with these. So plenty of time for them to work out some kind of compromise. It's not uh, anything that's going to kick them off the exchanges here like in the next week or two. So that at least there's signals that, uh, you know, the government's trying to work with them. It's just some news that's going to drive any Chinese stocks down. It's just a bad time to pick a Chinese stock for your weekly bet is all that really <laughs> end up being. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a volatile stock. It could have been, to be fair, it could have been moving down uh, of its own accord without the bad news. That was a bet I, I was willing to take. I had been watching it too, and I thought it was starting to kind of pick up some more momentum. It, it, it had fallen really hard and fast, and it looked like it was starting to kind of bounce and turn that corner like it's shaken off a sell-off or something. But it did fall quite a bit too, from 90 down to below 70. Monday, when I went to move into it to back up the, my own bet, with some real money Mm -hmm. i noticed it was falling and i didn't move in until it fell to about 61 i bought in at 61.50 
and then it went up a little bit and was headed back down, and I, so I sold it like sixty one fifty five. Uh, it was it, 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 it two days, you know. It made five cents. Yes, yes, I was I was happy to to be able to do that, or, you know, make five cents a share on <laughs> on what I consider a bad trade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. What else we got for news here? I'm really uh, high on pot news, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that was my pun. <laughs> <laughs> that was totally your pun. I stole it. This Wednesday, the United Nations removed marijuana from its Schedule 4 list. For reference and context, heroin is a Schedule 4 drug. This list was made in 1961. That's the last time marijuana was evaluated by the UN for any medicinal benefits and for its risks. And now they have reevaluated it and removed it from their Schedule 4. So this is not any like immediate impact, you know, the United Nations doesn't run any country or anything, but a lot of countries look to them for guidance. So it's very positive marijuana news, very good for the pot industry, which is already sailing high on that last election. Well, the other uh, bit of that was that the House actually just passed uh, legislation decriminalizing that as well. Now, granted, it's just the House and, you know, the Senate, uh, Republican controlled is <laughs> very little chance they'll pass it. Yeah, they're not going to pass it in the Senate. <laughs> no, there's something with Republicans, and I mean, they like to get high. They just don't like anybody else to know about it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at Oklahoma. They passed medicinal, and that's about as you know red a state as you about can get. About as red as you'll get, right? Right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two days after the UN reschedules, the House, historically, I might add, passed a bill to decriminalize. They've, they've never passed one to decriminalize before, uh, even if it's one that gets stalled in the Senate. So uh, marijuana yeah. has some great headwind right now. I personally, it's one of the ETFs that I've used, that I use for my savings account. Uh, I put the money in Robinhood mm -hmm. and I move it over in an ETF. Uh, one of them is a pot stock, and this news came out, and it just uh, made me feel all the much better because I'd already, uh, when I started doing this two weeks ago, I've already seen 10% movement in two weeks. You know, in a savings account, a good one is 2%. So I've already, in two weeks, yeah. <laughs> quintupled my savings. <laughs> I was happy, too. I right. think I've talked about it before, but Presco Labs is one that I lost a bunch of money on, then doubled down on it, put a whole bunch more into it, bought more shares when it was super cheap. Uh, finally turned positive on that guy, thanks to uh, the five states that, you know, legalized it just recently in the elections and then everything else that's going on. Yeah. I'm hoping that's going to be, uh, you know, new car money here soon. <laughs> hey, it could be Friday. Cresco Labs was one of the ones that had the, the biggest movement. Yeah, I'm not sure why they jumped like that either. Oh, I think I saw that they'd open up a new shop maybe or announce a new brand. There was something that got announced uh, late late uh, on Friday afternoon that would justify that. I, I didn't watch the news. I just had it on my watch list and I was like, and I knew, I knew you own some and I was like, why is Kyle's moving up way more than mine? Damn it! Well, you texted me saying like, oh, they passed the bill and then Everything falls. That doesn't make any sense. I looked at mine. I was like, mine's up. <laughs> right. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. I should have prefaced everything with half of the stocks are falling and it's all of the stocks in the MJ ETF. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
which I could. Oh, Murphy, you bastard. <laughs> right? <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, Kyle, what else we got going on in news? Uh, Salesforce. Uh, we put that guy on our uh, pick'em list. It did not perform as well as I would have hoped. But to be fair, I had prefaced that one with watching uh, Zoom earnings on you know, the day before and seeing how yes. Zoom reacted yes, that, before yeah. making any decisions with Salesforce. So Salesforce posted some great earnings, uh, 26% growth, I think, from previous quarter, which they've been doing just about every earnings. So good. So good. The thing that was dragging it down, though, was the uh, the Slack acquisition. That's something that the market uh, experts seem to be pretty well split on whether or not that's a good thing or not. I think it's a great thing. It's something that gives them a lot more visibility to, to steal thoughts from uh, Kramer from Mad Money. Yeah. Uh, he had a great uh, little write-up on why this was such a big move for them. Salesforce, uh, for people who don't really aren't familiar with the company, a lot of their software and their product is stuff that doesn't really have a whole lot of visibility unless you're actually in the industry and like the people that like work on the systems and maintain it, you're not going to understand why their product is or why it's good or why you should buy it. You get something that's uh, like an analog to Microsoft Teams, which is, you know, why they acquired Slack to get their product that go head to head against Microsoft. Now you've got something that's visible that all the employees are using, something people can ask for by name. That just gives them a whole lot more brand awareness, a lot more ability to to grow that industry. Yeah. If you don't know, Salesforce has been a business-to-business model where their product is sold to businesses. So it doesn't have a lot of consumer awareness. And Slack gets out of this deal all the resources of Salesforce. And they'd actually been uh, bringing up legislation trying to they trying to sue Microsoft. I don't know if it's a monopoly or or what the right term is, but basically uh, they're, they're saying they're boxing them out. They were not and not able to compete with the the behemoth that Microsoft has become, and then the way that because they own uh, you know the Windows and all those other operating systems, they can really plug mm-hmm. their Microsoft Teams over anybody else's options. Right, they put their finger on the scale. So Slack, by teaming up with Salesforce like this, uh, now suddenly they've got a much bigger platform and more resources to try to push their product out as well. This is the kind of thing that Salesforce needs if they want to triple their market cap. They want to go from 150 to 300. Uh, They call it the law of large numbers. Trying to make those big jumps once you start getting to that high of a valuation is a lot more difficult. Yeah. Well, this is a good move because that sounds like a real big win-win for both companies. I should say for both brands. Yeah. And then now because the stock dropped so much from it, because, I mean, that's the one downside to it is they're paying almost $27 billion for this company. Ooh. I mean, they're paying a premium on the price that Slack was trading at after the news broke that a potential deal was uh, happening. Oh, so they paid a premium on top of that. So they they paid a lot of money for this company, and that's that's the one downside to uh, at least in the short term for it. Probably why, even though they posted some great earnings, that they ended up declining as much as they did. It's it's a downside for existing investors, but listeners, it's an upside if you want to move into Salesforce stock. Now's a great time to do it. Yeah, and we'll go into a little bit more detail on that when we get to the options. Uh, talk about the, the plays that I tried making with it. Yeah. All right, what do we got uh, on the stimulus front? Uh, I think I saw some headlines on that guy. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll begin that, uh, that news story talking about uh, the job growth report. It was at 245,000 for November, which is mm-hmm. slow. It's slowing down. Uh, we're, we are still 10 million jobs shy 
of a pre-pandemic level. Uh, that you know that means uh, regardless of unemployment claims at this rate of growth, uh, we're looking at four years until we're back into where we were in February. Hmm. And that news you would think would drive the market down, but the S and P ended the week at an all-time high, as did the Dow Jones. Uh, well, maybe they didn't end, but they hit all-time highs on Friday. And uh, the reason is the stimulus talks have begun again. And if you remember that fabulous stimulus seesaw from October, (laughs) stimulus is on, stocks are up, stimulus is off, stocks are down every four hours. When Trump tanked the market at two o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Stocks are off. (laughs) Uh, Well, they're back on. Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, No, they are back on. And the difference is that before it was the Secretary of the Treasury, uh, Stephen Munchen, who was negotiating with Pelosi and and Schumer. Now Mitch McConnell is at the table. Okay, so that's big. That was a big deal for that we saw resonate in the markets. The fact that they're the ones talking about a deal now. and, And as we all know, Mitch McConnell's the one that gets a bill through the Senate, not Stephen Munchen. Yeah. So we saw a lot of upward movement on that. Uh, and that's that's always positive. Uh, you know, at this point, I don't care if the checks are in the deal or not. Uh, we need something. Anything we can pass will help. And just because we can't pass it all at once doesn't mean you shouldn't be at the table. Nancy Pelosi, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, so, so that, was, that was some big positive news that moved the market. We didn't, they haven't even passed anything. But just the fact that they're all sitting down talking again is, is great news for all of us. Yeah, the only sad thing is there's such a short window to get something done. So I guess on the plus side, we'll know pretty quick if they're going to make anything happen. Yes. But that also means if it doesn't happen, yeah, be ready to, to jump out. Yes, the harbinger of doom is still, we can still see it through the window lockdowns, no stimulus, we can have another dip like we had back in the spring. Uh, However, I do feel like we could also avoid that dip. So I'm just playing the optimist. And and yeah, the uh, a triple leveraged NASDAQ fund is part of my savings plan. I am betting that the market will keep going up. Yep, long term, that's the only way to do it. If you recall, listeners, I have been burned time and time again from trying to anticipate a market drop and buying options or, or stocks that inverse leveraged ETFs on the S&P 500. It, I've lost a lot of money. I think we've had two trades where we've shorted. I think there's the Hormel trade that you and I both did, betting that it was going to drop after earnings, yeah. which we got right. That worked, yeah. And then I've made some money off of shorting Clorox, but I didn't come up with that one on my own. That was uh, that was somebody else betting $7 million, and I thought, hmm, maybe he knows something. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oh, I love those Benzinga options alerts. Yeah, everybody, every other time has not worked out quite so well. All right. Yeah, that, that about wraps up news, huh? Yeah, that's pretty good. I think, uh, I think we got through quite a bit there. <laughs> All right, let's cue the music for stocks. Just put those stock tickers on the list. Go through the charts so nothing gets missed. Today's trades, they could all turn to gold. I'm playing stocks till I'm out of the hole. Woohoo! Okay, yeah, I, Kyle, I had an amazing week for stocks. 
that included my best trade of my life, my best trading day of my life. But I feel like since uh, I ended the news, you should lead us off. Let's see, we got Nordstrom. Oh yeah, feeling like that's that's going to be taking the top spot from our pickums uh, here pretty quick. That one just continues to keep going. I'm going to steal some of my options stuff here. Uh, I ended up having to exercise the the contracts that I had there, so I guess this kind of falls into stocks since it was some trades I had to make as far as stocks go. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, it got to the point where I couldn't sell it because it was so far in the money and there's so little volume that the the bids were all like under the price value. Like if it was trading at, you know, $8 over the call, they were the best offer I was getting was 7.85. Mm. So it was like, okay, screw you guys. I'll just exercise them and then sell them. And then plus when you do that, you save the money on the contract too. So I'm still holding on to, I think I left about 100 shares in there. I left one contract uh, option or one option exercise contract sitting in my portfolio. Uh, basically all the other moves that I made paid for those. So I got a free, uh, free block of 100 shares sitting in my account that uh, got paid for from my other trades. So I'm going to let that just continue to run out with the 10% stop loss on it see how it does it just keeps going up and up and up and it's it's been on one hell of a run i mean i think we we called it out uh, just over 22 dollars a share it's trading at 31.50 now amazing amazing and you know what what's what's incredible to me is farfetch ltd farfetch limited which was what three weeks ago four weeks ago one of our pickums yeah that one's still going too that one's still going as well these are both retailers uh that and they are retailers that include luxury items so it's very interesting to me that we we see these two stocks that are that are both continuing an upward trajectory and and it's luxury and it, it the nordstrom is doing kind of the same thing that you were talking about the other day where you know hey there's more lockdowns uh you know retail's going down but not fetch fetch is luxury <laughs> people who right. have money are still buying luxury items and they're doing more online so it's good for them and then, oh no, there's vaccine that's going to be coming out. Oh, that means their stores are going to be opening up. So that's good for them too. So good, right? It doesn't matter which news it is; it just keeps seeming to drive it up. I think it's meaningful that both these stocks have ended up on our pick'em list and are behaving the same way because they have similarities. Yeah, too bad we didn't pick out some more of them. <laughs> right? If we really knew what we were doing, we would have picked out the whole industry. There's an opportunity for you, listener. Find somewhere, some other company in this uh, industry segment, luxury uh, online slash storefront retailer, retailer, and uh, uh, move in. Let us know what you find. Yeah. All right. What else do I got? Uh, Virgin Galactic. I wanted to touch on them. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I had been doing pretty well with some positions that I'd purchased with that guy. Most of it, it jumped pretty nicely when the uh, the news about the NASA contracts came out last week. Yeah. But I think the big one that's going to be for it is next week. And I'm not sure the date exactly, but uh, they have a test flight scheduled sometime next week uh, in New Mexico. And with the way that rocket goes is the way that that stock is going to go. If they get that test flight off without a hitch, I think that thing's going to jump uh, even higher. Uh, if something happens with that, then uh, obviously, yeah, that's not going to do quite so well. And uh, I was talking with the wife a little bit about Richard Branson. Uh, yeah. After, you know, you and I had been talking and comparing him with uh, SpaceX's Elon Musk. And Elon Musk just seems so much more intelligent and everything else. And then 
Richard Branson kind of feels like the uh, like a playboy. The, I don't know. I don't know the, like the wackadoodle uncle almost. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like she brought up the same points that you did. Like he started in you know Virgin Records and made a killing doing that. So yeah, obviously he's a good businessman. So he must be putting the right people together. So I got a little more faith now in his crew. Yes, yes. If he's smart enough to just go pop champagne and hang out with the models in the back room while the engineers do all the nerdy shit, yeah. rather than Elon Musk's plan to get hands-on with it, uh, I'm fine with that. He, yeah, Elon Musk is the nerd who wants to be a part of the team that cracks the, the puzzle, and Richard Branson is the guy that was like, I will pay you to do all this stuff for me while I go party, drink champagne, and talk to models. For sure. Yeah, I, I I think this flight is gonna go out go off without a hitch. Yeah, so I think I think Virgin Galactic. I think that's great. I think moving into it is a solid move just to watch those gains uh, through the week. Uh, then the one other one that popped up on my watch list when I was scanning through it uh, end of day on Friday was uh, Emerson electrics mm, oh yeah yeah you texted me about that one yeah it had uh double the volume and a jump in price by about six percent uh, i ended up buying position nice. into that uh in the closing uh hour i think of of the trading day on friday uh and the big reason that i was so interested in it was that there was no news to justify any of that movement and that's kind of the same thing oh. that uh, we identified with space or virgin galactic was you know it was seeing this uptick in price all these options alerts are coming up but there was really nothing nothing on the radar with it and then all of a sudden the news about the nasa contract comes out then the test flight being rescheduled so i bought into that hoping to see something come out here in the next week or two for why that price jumped the way it is you know what do people know that we don't we don't have to be the insiders to to be able to profit off of insider activity Volume and price are the two indicators, the, the biggest things that I pay attention to. And when you look at volume as an indicator, think of it as you're walking down the street and you see a row of food trucks and there's a crowd around one of them and not around the other four or five. Guess which food truck probably has the best food? The one with the line. So w when you look at volume, when you see a big surge, a big, big boost in volume, nothing's happening well something's happening there's no news but more buyers than sellers equals a price moving up so that's a great indicator and a great time to move in to piggyback on that analogy the bunch of people are telling their friends that that's the place to go to you don't have to know that you just see everyone there and right you can make the inference that hey something's going on here right you don't need to to have anybody tell you well they make their burgers cuvee the super fancy way and they're delicious burgers these are the best burgers no you just go oh crap these people know something they're paying money for this food it must be good in stock trading i have found over time that you should follow the crowd especially if you can see the crowd before other people and before that news gets their attention then you're gonna get that gain when the volume goes even higher in fact, that's the old philosophy of Darvis, I think. It was one of the guys you look up to and try to mimic. Oh, yes. Dar Darvis was a, a big paradigm shift for me, reading his book. Yeah, he would say, not so much a, a volume specifically, he would say that he would move into a stock that he was watching price and volume on, and later he would find out the news. He wouldn't even be reading the news. Right. The news might have even been there for him. 
but he wouldn't come across it until later he would find out what was really happening. But he'd just move in on the... Oh, well, look at this. The price broke through its all-time high. You always hear me talk about my 52-week hide lists that I run every day. That's inspired through reading Darvis's books. Riding the momentum. Yeah, find that momentum and ride it. And it's, it's, it's worked a few times for us. Look at, look at Farfetch LTD. I didn't find that stock by accident. It showed up on my list. Uh, Neo, Purple, uh, I can think of a few of them. Yeah, right? JKS, that's how it showed up on the list. In fact, listeners, if, if you're new to the show, the first time we talked about Jinko Solar, it was in the low 30s, or it was the 40s, and it went up to like 90 before it dropped. Yep. <laughs> that was incredible. The problem is we get attached to them, <laughs> and we can't stop trading them. <laughs> yes, yes, I believe. it's Well, it's volatile, you know? It's buy the dip, sell the, sell the rip. Buy it when it drops down, sell it when it runs up. So that kind of so you've been testing out a new philosophy this week. Uh, how has that been going for you? It's been going pretty well. While JKS itself hasn't really, you know, it made me that five cents a share we talked about <laughs> earlier. Ooh. Yeah, $61 stock. That's big money. <laughs> Neo, a stock we've talked a lot about, it had that huge dip from that, that China news, right? Mm -hmm. And. I managed to buy in at like $40, uh, $40.27 a share, and it rose up later. It rebounded after the news up to $48.49. I sold it at $48.27, and then it dropped right back down. <laughs> it ended Friday at $43.04. But that was one of the two trades I made on Wednesday that was is the best trading day of my life. Uh, was was that Neo, which ended up being 19%. And then uh, uh, my Pick'em from last Friday, that Monday and Tuesday, it dropped and dropped and dropped. And then Wednesday, I said, you know what? This stock should not have dropped this far. I'm buying this dip. And so I bought in and I watched, I bought in pre-market. And I watched all day Wednesday as JMIA went from $27.10 where I bought it up to $32.30 where I sold it the next uh, the next morning when it started to drop down. It had actually been higher. It had been up to in the 34 and it was dropping down and I sold it. It went back up to 34 for a bit and now uh, it ended... Oh, I don't know where. I forgot to write it down. I think somewhere around 32. But it, it's dropped and then gone back up a little bit and then dropped. But anyway, so Wednesday, I had JMIA and NIO both uh, skyrocketing up to around 20%. Best trading day of my career in my life. Having two of the three stocks. And the third stock I was invested in was Farfetch LTD, which was up 4% for the day. And I was still side-eyeing it like, you, yeah, you loser, 4%. <laughs> That's nothing. <laughs> That's how I was feeling after my weekly bet. I was like, ah, 4%. Right, uh. right. Yeah, 4%. <laughs> uh. like, God damn it. 4% is good. I would take 4% a week for the rest of my life, any day of the week. <laughs> right? <laughs> of course you would. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, so this Gold Rush Fever game has got me all backwards. I really really skewed my expectations of a good trading day. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't all good for you though, right? I did have a couple bad trades. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I had a couple bad trades. Uh, I thought marijuana's moving because of that UN deal on Wednesday. I bought into Sundial, S-N-D-L. Uh, they are a marijuana cultivation company. 
that uh, I think uh, Weeble actually got me aware of. I was seeing them all over the place on there when we were looking at WWR, Westwater Resources. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I bought in at 74 cents a share. I don't usually like to trade cheaper stocks, but I felt like the headwinds of the marijuana industry going up we're gonna lift this one. So I thought I'll buy the cheaper stock, maybe I'll make a bigger percentage. Well, I was gleeful when it hit over 80 cents a share, but it very quickly, the next day, dropped down and dropped down and I ended up selling out at 71 cents a share for a, a three cents a share loss. Uh, and it currently, it, it leveled out at about 66 cents a share. The crazy thing is, is it's still on one of my watch lists and I might still buy it if it drops down <laughs> further. <laughs> I, I started a watch list called Bouncers with stocks like JKS and NEO and JMIA. They're all on there mm -hmm. uh, because they, they're high, uh, they're, they've got a high volatility and I keep seeing them go up and down and up and down. And so the last few weeks I've started making decent money and returns on trying to, to identify, oh, they've turned around, they're going up again, I'll buy in. Uh, wastewater Resources, another one we saw in the Weeble community. I, I currently hold some shares. I bought them at $5.99. They dipped below $6. And I've been buying them below 6 and selling near 7 a couple times now. And... <laughs> And I'm thinking, like, if if this stock just keeps doing this, like, I can retire. I keep missing those uh, dips under six too because I keep doing it at work. I've been I've been trying to get back in there, but I don't know. I lost on it a couple times. I don't know that I want to revisit that. Yeah, that's one of those ones that gets in your head. Yeah, start questioning everything you do. Gold rush fever. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I do want to say about the the high volatility stocks like that, when you're trading those ones that have hit like the all time highs and then suddenly start getting that real erratic price movements, uh, pretty sure that's a mm -hmm. signal that uh, you know the run is over. So that's one thing you got to be careful of is make sure you're not holding it when it does end up dropping out on you. Yes, it is a gamble, and that is the risk. Like I bought wastewater at five ninety nine. They may have ended Friday at 6.17 for a modest gain. In pre-market Monday, they could drop to four. I don't know. Yeah, that's why we, we preach stop losses you know, that, pretty that, much every episode that, on here. and There's a reason for that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so to wrap up stocks, uh, before we get to the earnings, which is our traditional way of wrapping up stocks, uh, I do want to just mention one last time my lists that I go over. I keep track of every stock that's hit a new 52-week high that day. And I keep a running tally of consecutive days. And right now, I did another post on financialineptitude.com. You can go on there and read all about it. Semiconductors. This week, I think I think I was texting you Thursday, like 19 companies yep. in the semi semiconductor segment showed up on the list. I had written about this about three, three and a half, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and that, that the same thing was happening. And now it's happening again. That's definitely worth worth looking into uh definitely some etfs in there that that you can make some money on i'm seeing the same thing in metals and mining friday ended with nine companies i think thursday they had like 14 we're, we're seeing that segment hot and if you think about it they're they're very connected segment industry segments because semiconductors require metals ta-da <laughs> also on top of that uh, metals and mining, when we talk about stimulus, it involves a lot of printing of money, which is inflation. 
and metals are a hedge against inflation because the value of the metal doesn't change based on how many dollars are printed. So I feel like metals and mining have double headwinds right now, and they're really something worth looking into if you like ETFs like I do. Mm. All right, should we wrap up with some uh, upcoming earnings? I think it's about that time. What 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 earnings we have coming up this week, Kyle? All right, I, I circled four. Uh, we're on the tail end of the earnings season, so we're pretty much getting to that dead zone here. But uh, we've got four of them coming up that, that are intriguing to me. And GameStop on the 8th, Adobe on the 9th, Oracle, and Costco on the 10th. All right. Costco, we watched that one uh, play out last uh, the last quarter and watched it take a pretty big drop, even though they posted some decent earnings. Uh, I think people just expecting way too much out of it. And then we immediately saw that, like, you know, two, three weeks later, start pushing all-time highs again. Yep. So I'm thinking if you own shares at Costco, I would seriously consider getting rid of them, you know, the day before the earnings call uh, gets released. You'll probably see it run up until there and then get a chance to buy back in cheaper after the earnings report comes out. Right. Buy on that dip. Uh, Adobe is one I'm thinking is probably going to not do as well, but uh, I could be wrong. I feel like that stock has been inflated uh, already. Uh, I didn't look too much at it, so that's just first impression, so don't hold me to that. Oracle, uh, I think was trading around $69 a share. I'm not really sure what that one's going to do. I don't really want to speculate on it. Uh, GameStop, I'm thinking, is going to fall, and I think you and I are in disagreement on this. We are in disagreement. Why do you think they're going to fall? I think there's no way they're going to post a profit. And so the only thing that can justify people's excitement in it is if it posts less of a loss than people think it's going to. And I just, uh, I don't know, I just don't see that happening. Uh, They did sign some new deals, but I don't think any of that revenue is going to show up yet. I think it's probably going to be a little bit before that starts to hit the books. So I think that stock has been, I think it's doubled since the news came out about their their deal with, uh, was it Microsoft or Xbox? Yeah, yeah, it was Microsoft. So, yeah, I think think people are expecting too much out of that, and it's going to end up falling once that report comes out. Uh, If I recall correctly, their last earnings, we were talking about them falling. Yeah. And they did not. Oh. And I think the PlayStation 5 and the new Xbox pre-orders, I think they they got those pre-orders started at the end of this last quarter. I could be wrong. I haven't done research. This is this is just my gut in, intuitive feeling. I have the feeling that, that they, they placed those strategically to get those sales in in this quarter. And I think they're going to post strong earnings. All right. So I'm looking at their previous earnings reports right here. Right now, they're estimated to be between a loss of $1.13 to negative or to 21 cents a share loss. Uh, the last two before that were worse than expected. The consensus of 113 posted a 140 on July. Uh, in April, they posted a negative 161 on a consensus of negative 127. I think they're going up. You think they're going down. I think we need to make a side bet. I agree. So we've got their earnings on the 8th, and I think we take the end-of-day price. I'll I'll be buying shares. You sell short shares, and uh, we'll have a little side bet. And we'll see, see close of business the day of earnings, or the day trading after release. Right, the close the next day. All right, and then whoever wins will say the uh, whoever's account balance... Uh, has to take fi- uh, $50 off their bet account and put it to the other person's. 
Oh yeah, yeah. The loser pays the other yeah. loser fifty. That's that's a great consequence. The the loser pays the winner fifty dollars from our our ongoing monthly bet running bet total. I love it. I do too. That's so good. <laughs> fifty bucks. You got it. Fifty bucks. Right. I am definitely betting fifty bucks on GameStop. <laughs> All right. So I think that pretty much closes out stocks Ooh. then, huh? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's let's move on to some options. Cue the music. You've got to know when to hold them, know when to sold them, know when to walk away. Those calls are done. You never count your money when you're holding on the contracts. There'll be time enough for counting when the options exercise. Yeehaw! I think you've got a lot more to cover here, so I'll try to get through mine uh, let you take the floor there. Uh, I had a much slower right. week than uh, everybody else did. Um, so uh, we kind of touched on it a little bit in the uh, the news section there about uh, Salesforce. As I said before, I was watching Zoom before deciding what to do. And after seeing Zoom fall after their earnings coming out, I decided against buying before Salesforce put their earnings out, uh, thinking that it's probably yep. going to drop again. Uh, part, what else factored in that decision was I started seeing rumors that they're expecting the Slack deal to be finalized. And after getting burned on AMD with the same situation, uh, I decided to go ahead and hold off and then maybe try to make a play after the report comes out, um, hoping for a similar reaction reaction that AMD saw. Uh, AMD now is trading at all-time highs last week. You know, it took a couple months for the, um, what was that, Zilinx acquisition to kind of get fully digested. Oh, yeah, yeah. I ended up buying a couple $250 calls for Salesforce uh, expire in March. They're a little more expensive than what I usually like to mess around with, but uh, I don't know, it just seemed like a seemed like too good an opportunity to pass up, and I may be kicked in the gut for defying uh, the market, or, I don't know, not showing proper hubris. <laughs> Some reverence. <laughs> Trying to get too cute, I guess we could say. Uh, but yeah, I decided to go ahead and make that bet and see uh, see maybe if uh, Salesforce will follow that same kind of pattern. Yeah. Oh, I think it will. I'm hoping. Uh, I got money on it. <laughs> ah, it feels like betting a sports game. That's the game. God, I hope the Ravens cover. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah right uh, let's see i already covered <laughs> if they beat well, the spread i've got money uh, i already covered uh the nordstrom moves i did uh, uh i got the sonos calls that uh i'd purchased back before their earnings uh they're still pushing all-time highs you know it feels good but uh, they're in that same scenario where i'm starting to have trouble finding buyers for them at fair market and i got a few more of those than i had uh, at nordstrom yeah. so i'm probably gonna end up having to do something similar and exercise them here and there I know a lot of people, or a lot of people on the internet, when you're looking at people talking about options, say that you should never exercise them. I feel like there's several very good scenarios where you sh can and probably should. Uh, yeah, this is definitely one of those scenarios. You. When you start getting closer to, you know, the end of expiration, it starts getting harder to find, uh, you know, fair value for those actual calls too. Uh, if it's something that has very low volume, you're going to have a hard time unloading them. So anytime you're having trouble unloading them, don't feel too bad about... I mean, hell, you can even sell short with the trailing stop, let the short sale go through, and then just go ahead and exercise them then. The short sale will give you the funds in your account to cover the purchase of exercising them. I've done that a couple times myself, too. Oh, nice, nice. That's a tricky maneuver, but uh, but worthwhile. The other thing that's uh, nice about exercising, too, is you don't have to pay that $0.65 cents a contract. 
All right, Kyle, did you have any other options, trades? No, that, uh, I think that pretty much covers my week. Like I said, there wasn't a whole lot of action going on on my end. Which is funny because the last few weeks I haven't had anything to talk about but like options alerts because I have not had any money in my options account. And I put money in it at the last weekend. And this week I managed to move into some options. I completely revamped my options trading style. Uh, I got a, new, a brand new strategy and... It came from taking Kyle's advice and watching a few educational videos on options and the meanings of the Greeks. (laughs) Yes. That is key to trading these things. Please, please, please take the time to watch some. It doesn't have to spend a whole lot of time on it. Just watch a few videos and understand what goes into those premiums. Yes, yes. Know what you're purchasing. The Greeks have meaning. Know what they mean. And you can make a better... Uh, you make a better bet. Uh, though I still look at options as bets. They are. <laughs> Much more so than the, yes. than the price of a share. I basically decided, look, the, if I'm moving my savings into into ETFs and it's working, then I should I should bet options on these ETFs. So the first option uh, I bought, I bought some $13 calls on MJ a marijuana ETF. Uh, the price per share was at fifteen fifty when I bought them, and the price of the, the options coupon was uh, $2.55. That ETF moved up pretty, pretty darn nicely the whole week. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one day, uh, uh, Friday, I think it got as high as $3.20. Uh, however, weirdly, it dipped. I don't know why. Several pot companies that are that MJ owns and follows dipped, uh, and it and the coupon itself ended at uh, two dollars and seventy eight cents that day. So I'm still up. I desire it. It expires December eighteenth, so I still have another ten trading days. Uh, I expect to try and sell it out after five, uh, or sell them out. I expect to sell them out after five. Yeah, once you get closer uh, to that, once you get to that week of, that's when I start to find I have trouble getting rid of them. Right. So I'm actually looking to sell these next Friday. Yeah. Because uh, I don't want to be part of that last week. And and then that Friday, I will also then buy more calls that expire in either January or February. Uh, probably February, as you've told me many, many times, You got, based on what I'm wanting to do, 60 days out is the best because once you get inside 30 days, that theta value goes up and it starts to lose more and more money each day. Theta, uh, those of you new to the options, is the uh, the time value that's associated with it. Uh, there's a bunch of different things that yes. go into that premium, but time is one of the things, that's the main one that you're purchasing. Uh, yeah. It's not yeah. linear we- the way that it moves. So the closer you get towards expiration, yeah. the faster it drops off. And there seems to be a bit of a cliff around 30 days out um that where it starts to uh, move exponentially so you start losing a lot more value a lot quicker once you get to that 30-day mark right and and i want to move over towards buying them 60 days out selling them 30 days out. yeah uh 
and so I moved into a second options position on, I can't remember if it was Tuesday or Wednesday, I'd have to look it up, doesn't matter. I <laughs> I did a double negative. Uh, <laughs> there is a, an S&P 500 bear fund, SPXU. When the S&P 500 goes down a penny, it goes up three pennies because it's triple leveraged. Uh, so this fund bets that the S&P is going to go down. I want to bet that the S&P goes up, but all of the S&P triple leveraged funds are very expensive. So I looked at this one and I found I could buy some puts for so cheap. So it was about six fifty, six dollars fifty cents when I was looking, and I ended up buying puts. Uh, I bought half of them at, uh, I ended up buying $6 puts. I bought half of them at 10 cents and the other half at 11 cents. And because the S&P had such a great day Friday, uh, they are up to 13 cents. And I actually managed to buy a lot of them because they were cheap. And I mean, I'm really excited that they're moving up. And as I've got like, like just like MJ, I got December 18th expiration. So I've got another five days. I felt like I had to do some to, math to follow to, that. To watch that move. But puts on a bear fund that tracks the S&P inversely. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I bought puts betting that this inverse bear fund will go down, meaning I'm betting that the S&P index goes up. A double negative. I know it's confusing, but they were cheap. And it's the same bet. I really wish I knew if Virgin Galactic's engineers could follow that. I'd feel so much better about their test flight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so those were my two big moves that have been making me money all week. I did make a really bad move. And I believe I sent you a text at about midnight. Yeah. yeah. One night. Uh, was it was it Thursday? Yeah, yeah. Thursday night. I, I had admittedly had a few beers and uh, was feeling pretty good and was looking at things and I saw that Cinemark and AMC, both movie theater companies, they both drop big time on Thursday. And since I've been trading so successfully in my stocks, buying on these big dips, I thought, why not buy an option on the dip? Surely, these companies, they went down because of the lockdown news. That's, that's going to go away. I'm going to buy some calls. This is smart. This is so smart. I need to let Kyle know right now so he doesn't miss out on this opportunity in the morning. So, yeah, I got to work. <laughs> I pulled it up. It was a little oh. bit after market opened. And then I looked at the news uh, on those guys and saw that uh, HBO <laughs> Max had reached a deal with one of the major market distributors. Our major movie oh, theater distributors, yeah, to to go ahead and directly release to HBO Max along with the theaters at the same time. Yes, so I yes, was not interested. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, reading the news that a industry changing development has occurred. To be clear, the movie theater industry, the product they're selling is is not just you can see it on a big screen. It's you can exclusively only see it here first. It's out, you can see it at a movie theater and nowhere else. So that has changed. That is huge market shaking news. This might be the end of AMC because they're already struggling. Cinemark may survive and re, they may evolve into something but new, I don't know. <laughs> but because AMC was cheaper, I bought AMC calls on Friday morning. Oh God, I didn't even, I didn't even follow the wisdom that I know to be true that Kyle has, has given me, which is, 
hey, if you're looking to buy into options, let the stock price settle from the first couple hours of trading before you buy in. Now, now, first opportunity, I buy some $3 calls and that big drop from Thursday, it did not stop. It just dropped and dropped and dropped and dropped. Oh, so I bought some calls at 90 cents a coupon and it's currently at 68 cents a coupon and I may not be able to sell them next week because if the stocks keeps going down, no one's going to buy a call. Worst part is Cinemark did bounce. <laughs> ah, I know. I know. Oh. <laughs> All right, so it was a bad plan. It was bad execution. Even if something happens and AMC goes up and I make money from this, it was a bad trade. Yeah, this cannot show up on your uh, good, bad, ugly, uh, good. If uh, something happens and Cinemark buys them out on Monday morning. <laughs> right, right. Next week, I'm like, I'm gonna, well, you know, it was really good. Cinemark bought AMC at a premium. <laughs> I foresaw $5 it. a share. Yeah. Yeah, we try to. I knew it was happening. We try to separate the uh, the method from the results here. <laughs> if you do a, yes, if you make a yes. good trade that has bad results. You still, in my mind, you're still doing the right thing. <laughs> if you make a bad trade with good results, that's not sustainable. You know what time it is, Dan? What time is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you lead us off. Tell me what's good uh, this week. I'm going to go with uh, my Nordstrom uh, trades here. Uh, I'm getting almost $8, uh, or 800% actually profit on uh, those last couple uh, bits I was holding on that. Those options. Really good. Ooh, that's a great game. Yeah. What did you have? Oh, I know what you had. Oh, yeah. Mine was uh, my Wednesday, the JMIA bounce and the Neo bounce, uh, both happening at the same time. I... I can't describe the elation of seeing my entire portfolio go up like 12 percent in a day <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, yeah what'd you have for what'd you have for your bed then oh definitely my bet jks uh i even tried to make money on them and i couldn't and i lost money on the bet and it was just awful and it's my own fault because i wasn't following the news like i should have been I was going to actually, uh, similar to that, uh, point out, uh, you should always double check those earnings calls. Yes. Uh, that was kind of your whole reason for, for going 100% with that guy. 100% my whole reason. That they were having their earnings last week. Yep. Um, I did a quick check on that uh, after you're complaining about missing it again uh, and saw that their previous release was two months ago. <laughs> right. Uh, it's a quarterly right. release. So <laughs> It wasn't even possible to happen this obviously week. Obviously <laughs> was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's a good uh, that's a good quick check you can do. If you aren't sure when the earnings are coming out, look when the last one was and add three to the month column. Well, uh, what was your ugly then? It's got to be our pick em uh, from last Friday. Oh, uh, that was bad. Three of four stocks. Uh, actually, Salesforce barely hung on and didn't trigger its stop loss, thank God. So I'm hoping to, that one redeems me here. God, that stock just won't die. But the other two, uh, they... They tied BIIB with like with the quickest. I think BIB the the pick that I made a few weeks ago that uh, didn't even make it out of pre market before it triggered its stop loss is probably still the worst of all time. But those two were pretty close behind. <laughs> yeah, both of those guys trigger their losses uh, Monday morning. <laughs> 
Well, my ugly was definitely those AMC calls I just talked about. Because <laughs> I have a feeling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm locked in until it, it is worthless because I don't think I can sell these calls to anybody. When they expire? December 18th. I got 10 days. Oh, you should be all right. Should be able to get rid of them for something. I hope so. Monday, when I wake up, it's my first goal is to just unload them for whatever I can get right after the bell on Monday. You're not going to wait and see if it bounces Monday? Oh. <laughs> you just might be a day late. Oh. They're cheap enough. You don't want to just ride it. That's how I always oh. lose 100% on things that I could have yeah, gotten half my money you back. You <laughs> devil on my shoulder, shut the hell up. I'm selling those things Monday morning, yeah. come hell or high water. In, unless, literally, it would take, it's Saturday night right now. It would take Sunday afternoon, Cinemark CEO casually mentioning on Twitter, oh, we're going to buy AMC at a $2 premium. Yeah, not going to happen. <laughs> No, but you might see some pre-market movement. <laughs> Whew, all right. You never you know. You never know. You never, never know. All right, Kyle, let's uh, let's all wrap right, it so up with our next bet. All right. Now, I'm not, we, uh, we kind of talked a little bit about some of the other rules here, so that way if we want to, we can specify dates to purchase or sell if we want to trade around earnings. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I'd, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and bend the rules a little bit differently here. Uh whether or not you'll allow it, I'll leave that up to you. But I want to just double down on space. I want to leave. Uh, I want to leave my call or my uh, position with Virgin Galactic going, and I want to see what happens with this test flight. Hey, that's fine with me. You just keep it at your original buy price. Hold on to it. No problem yep. here. And then I hopefully, if the rocket crashes, then I get to utilize that fifteen percent stop loss I was so generous <laughs> to give you. <laughs> I hope you do. I hope you do. <laughs> uh, I I am gonna go much safer. This is a this is a betting first. I'm gonna bet uh, a a metals and mining ETF. I'm betting XME, the Spider Metals and Mining ETF Fund. XME. I, I'm going to go ahead and bet that all of metals and mining the next week is going to be uh, slow and steady. This, this ETF will be the tortoise that guarantees me gains versus your rolling of the dice. All right. You realize that being an ETF, that you're not going to get nearly the same kind of you know movement that you get with a stock, though, right? I absolutely know that. But you know what? You know what okay. XME did Friday? 4%. So you're basically betting the rocket's going to crash. No, no. XME did four percent on Friday alone. <laughs> no, you're betting. You're betting my rockets. Gonna I'm crash, betting your rockets. That's <laughs> what it sounds like to me. I, I, I actually, I don't know. What I'm betting is, is that the metals industry is going to be so solid that this ETF is going to end the week with enough movement that it has a good chance of meeting your fucking rocket of uh, SPCE. Right. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see next week, buddy. <laughs> All right, I'll give you a chance. Oh, and speaking of bet consequences, I heard you got your uh, package in the mail. Oh, shit, I did. Folks, I lost last week's bet, and the consequence is I need to make a new Facebook profile photo, and I got a package today from Kyle that <laughs> it is the pink Christmas bunny <laughs> costume from Christmas Story. <laughs> it includes one-piece body mittens, glasses, headpiece, and shoe covers. 
I love that it came with the glasses. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I'm assuming because it has the shoe covers that you expect a full body shot. Oh, yes. And with the sad face. <laughs> yeah, the, the sad face of the kid. All right, I'm going to do my best. Yep. And if, uh, if, if you listeners out there check out our Facebook and Twitter, we're going to definitely share that photo. It's not just going to be for my Facebook yeah. friends. Everybody's going to get a peek at that. And, uh, and I think that about <laughs> brings us to the close of the show. I think we did it. We did it. All right. We did it again. It, it, <laughs> as always, uh, bulls in the China shop. We love it when you reach out. Uh, don't forget, you can now call us at our new phone number, 725-22-BULLS. And as always, we've got the email, bulls at com. We love to hear from you. And uh, we'll see you, what, next week, Kyle? Yeah. Like us, share us, subscribe us. And just to be clear with that phone number, we're not answering that. <laughs> Let's leave a message. Yeah, leave us a message. And and like I said earlier, I'll repeat it again because I think it's funny. Dance like somebody's watching. We might play it on the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have time to listen to people yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll listen through. I'll listen to the... I'll listen to the uh, footage of, or the the messages, but I listen through all. I'm of not going to actively. I listen through all of them. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll get heard. You'll be heard. Anyway, oh yeah, folks, you have a wonderful week. Good luck, happy trading. As always, we love you. Take care. Thank you. Thoughts and commentaries expressed in Two Bulls in a China Shop are those of the hosts and not of any company whatsoever. If you are trading on this advice and you lose money, Two Bulls in a China Shop is not liable. However, if you do make money off of your trades based on this program, we would appreciate a cut of the profit. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beat brand for heart health support. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to radiobeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's radiobeats.com, code DEAL.